This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Tom Fitzmorris with the second course of The Food Show. It's our program about eating and about cooking, wine, anything else delicious that you can come up with. If you uh, are wonder, gee, is this the right kind of thing to talk about on this uh, show? Uh, I'll tell you right now, you don't have to uh, ask anybody else. It does. It'll go right in because uh, just about anything you can bring up, uh, short of something, you know, uh, less than uh, proper, is uh, we'd uh, love to hear from you about it. The what in Spain? In Spain, Spain, in Spain. I love that. Bop, 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 bop. Uh, I, in the first part of the last hour, we got on the subject briefly about um, the sidecar cocktail, because that came up. But uh, That was brief. Very brief, and with good reason. But I uh, looked it up, and from the official book I use for these sorts of things, the old Mr. Boston official, Bartenders and Party Guide. Uh-huh. How could it be anything but dead on? Here's what it is. A sidecar cocktail is officially the juice of one and a quarter lemons. That doesn't seem like a very... A is there any tang in it? No tang, no. One ounce of triple sec. I do remember the first time I ever heard of a cocktail, a uh, sidecar cocktail, that it had that in it. Because it has a little taste of orange, a little taste of... Uh, Brandy is what it was. Uh, tri- triple sec was another na- name for it. Uh, anyway, that's what it is. Now we know, and we can put this away. Is Tang even on the shelves, or was it recalled for acceptance? Oh, no, I, I think it's still probably Anybody out there. Anybody know if Tang is on the shelves? Anybody out there listening, or you're, you're in the supermarket or about to go in the supermarket, uh, ask somebody. Uh, it'll be in the juice section, even though it's not a juice at all. It's a powder. But ask them if you can still get uh, still get some, uh, what is it? Doug, if you're feeling ambitious, would you call a Rouses and see if they want to go on the air with us? But if you're not feeling ambitious, that's fine, too. Who? <laughs> uh, Rouse or some other supermarket. Oh. Quista Pace. If anybody had it, it would, ha- it would be at a Quista Pace. Oh, it could be, yeah. 260 is the number. As a matter of fact, I am going to. Gregory, if you're still listening, would you see if they have it at the Quista Pace in Covington? Yeah. And I give you a specific dispensation to call back. Ah, yes. You've been I dispensed. Usually, I usually Look out. forbid that, but uh, in this case, it's an emergency and uh, very worthwhile. I can't imagine. I, I I seem to recall that it was taken off the market. Why would it be taken off well, the market? Well, because all this stuff is chemicals anyway. But maybe they decided it was too chemically, like the cyclamates. Ah. But maybe not. I mean, I have not looked for tang. As a matter of fact, I've never looked for tang. So yeah, it's I'm it's not a brilliant if flavor. Anybody, uh, if, yeah. Wasn't wasn't it? Uh, 
originally attributed to um, astronauts? Yeah. They made it for astronauts? Yeah, they made it for astronauts so they, while they, they were in space, <laughs> they could have their fresh That's That's, you're laughing, but that's no, no, the reason. That is it, but I'm just laughing because there's yeah. nothing fresh juicy about Yeah, tang. who would think it's that, like, yeah. It's like, to me, tang and orange juice is the equivalent of Kraft macaroni and cheese and the orange There you go. We, here we are on mac and I cheese know, I'm again. Sorry. I'm sorry, we're not. I, <laughs> I, I, I realize I stepped over the rules. Just to put this. This subject to bed. Oh, good. Tang Thank is available you. at your local Walmart Supercenter and Rouse's Supermarket, along Whoa. with the Mardi Gras Zone Supermarket also. It is. Oh, my goodness. I might have to get some just to taste it again. Or not, because yeah. I just can't even. I mean, I didn't I didn't drink it when I didn't know better. I can't imagine doing it when I do know better. Mm. 260-6368 is the number. I am still looking for the restaurant that Cat Cora owned that was at Disney World. If you were a regular at Disney World, you know what I'm talking about. And, I don't. Uh, what is it? It had like a flaming cheese. A flaming there's a, cheese. There's a dish that's Greek, and it's a flaming cheese. And it was really good. Uh, yeah, you can get that uh, if you want to see it somewhere. Go over to Lebanon's Cafe. They have a flaming cheese. They have a flaming cheese, and there's a word for it. Yeah, I know. And I'm I'm flaking out as to I'm, what the word. I'm looking so, it up right somebody now. listening to us, it's it's got a special name for it, and they they do it right there in the middle of the dining room. Yeah, it's called. Da-da, oh, da-da, da-da, Saganaki. Saganaki, right. Saganaki. That's Saganaki. It's really Saganaki. Good. It's got a little rhythm to it, doesn't it? Yes, it is. Saganaki. It Saganaki. Hey. All right. 2606368 is yep. the number, and yep. we are doing the usual, just as skipping all over the place and talking about all kinds of things. The other thing that this guy invented besides Cool Whip, there were 70 patents that he had, so you yeah. just he highlighted sweet. a couple of them, but Pop Rocks, I've never had that. What is mm. that, Tom? I uh, only vaguely remember them. You could pop one in your mouth. They were about the spot that And they big. actually exploded and they or something? Would, yeah, pretty much. It, it, not in any harmful way. And as, I can't imagine you'd be dumb enough to get your get it stuck was in your like throat. Was that like the precursor or, you know. to those um, squirting fruit roll-ups that the kids, not our kids, but kids of their generation, ate uh, a lot of? No, that means Think nothing. Think of Pop Rocks as candy gravel that fizzes in your mouth. <laughs> Yum, yum. Boy, that is something I've always wanted to have in my mouth. Yeah, I don't think so. Mm, anyway, yeah. today is the birthday of the British actress Vivian Pickles. Yeah. I do not even know who that is, but I do love pickles and uh, pickles of all kinds, although I don't like chef's homemade pickles, and I don't no. like sweet pickles. Do you like sweet pickles? Not especially. I, I, I Either make it sweet or make it sharply uh, acidic it's, it, when you're talking about things like that. To me, I mean, I'm sure you're, you're you know, open to your thoughts. Interpretation, yes. You know, yeah. I, was, I was reading again, as I have been ever since I saw it, that Arthur Schwartz book uh-huh. about New York City yeah. from the turn of the 18th century to now and um there's they he has it set up where there are different sections for different immigrant populations like there's a whole section for the jews a whole section of irish a whole section for german is doug saying something and and there's a the pickle vendors on Delancey uh-huh. Street, 
Um, they talk about different areas of the, of the city. The Bronx and Sacton Island. Yeah. Anyway, um, it was really interesting to listen or to read the account of the way pickles are made and how particular people are about pickles. And and I know that I'm particular, but Mary Lee calls me a diva, and I know that I am, but I didn't realize that there were a lot of other people who also had very particular pickle preferences. And they have like a pickle king, and there are special stores that are just pickles, which is kind of... Interesting. But I guess if you can do that with olives, you can certainly do that with pickles. Mm-hmm. You know what kind of pickle I really like? Tell us. I like cornichon. Cornichon. Oh, yeah, the French little, the little, the little, little baby babies. Pickles. And you put them in there, and they're wonderful, and they're really, really good with some smoked salmon. Or smoked salmon? I like oh, it with yeah. pate. Okay, use it with pate. I'm sure that's good, um, too. The pate that... Um, Jacques Saloon makes. Jacques, Jacques Saloon? I, I told Jacques Saloon. Oh, Jacques when he, Saloon. Yes, oh, when okay. they closed Chateau du Lac, that he should go out on his own and just start making his rabbit pâté with pistachios in it because mm-hmm. it's it's fantastically good. <laughs> and with cornichon, it's, it's just fabulous. All yeah. right, who's on the phone? Tim? Let's go to I Tim. I didn't catch it. We'll find out in a moment. That's it, Hi, Tim. Tim. Tim, welcome to hey the there. food show. Thanks for dropping in. Sure. Okay, so uh, I was able to shut everything down because of the rain today and come home, and I figured, well, I'm going to get everything and make a pot of chili. So mm. I, I've looked I, I looked in your, your book here for a chili recipe, and I can't find it. You know, 225. I thought I heard yeah. you talking about chili one day, and I can't find it in your book. Uh, that could be because uh, if I wish I could – Get a recipe for every uh, dish that's ever been made, but I, I'm not, I'm not into it. Uh, can okay. you send me an, send me an email and ask me it, uh, for it? But he's and, probably trying to make it now. So why don't we make uh, one up I right am. now? I'm in because... the, so let me tell you what I did. Okay. I looked up and there's a there's a website. I guess it's a website. It says Copycat Recipe. So I got yep. Wendy's uh, uh, recipe, and that's what I'm making. So I have a few questions. Wait, okay. when, one, Wendy's uh, chili, like Wendy's the the fast Wendy's, food chain. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, uh, so I, oh. I got the rest of the year, and one of them it it calls for uh, dark kidney beans, and then on another recipe, someone else it says light kidney beans. Is is there a difference? Uh, not a big difference, but uh, probably is some there. Um, Doug just said that you should go to nomenu.com where there are four of them. Did you just look in the book or did you go to nomenu.com? Yeah, I just looked in your book. Okay. Oh, good. Well, uh, go to nomenu.com and click on recipes. He said there are four of them there. Okay, well, good. uh, Well, then that's where I'll I'll compare them. And and, uh, so let let me ask you another question now. There's uh, what what I've I've done this before, and I've used it called for, uh, for six servings, it called for four onions. Well, I used like maybe seven, and it turned out uh-huh. fantastic. Wait, seven so gonna, onions? <laughs> seven onions, yes. Oh, goodness. Yeah, well, and, they, they and, won't and shut you, you down what, for that. They cook That's away to nothing. They, they cook away to nothing. Onions? And um, yeah. yeah, yeah, they cooked away to nothing. They were delicious. So so that turned out well. Is, is there um, 
is there anything that in, in talking about this re- or any chili recipe that absolutely because I don't want to I, I experiment going over with stuff, but I don't want to ruin this because I'm doing a pretty big pot. Um, anything that just like with the cumin or, or the, the the chili powder. Yeah, if you're using cumin or anything along those lines, uh, watch it really carefully because the, the, a little bit of that goes a long, long way. So just get it out of the way early. And uh, yeah. the, and also I find that there's often too much water in something like that. And then you try to br- reduce it down, but in the process it gets burned a little bit. So. Uh, take it easy. It look it looks like the kind of thing that you can just really bang around and get done. And now let's sit down and eat. There's a chili con carne recipe that I'm looking at yeah. on nomenu.com. It has paprika, chili powder, cumin, turmeric, cinnamon, cayenne, black pepper, chopped onions, tomato puree, beef or veal stock, and Tabasco chipotle pepper sauce. Okay, I, I have. I think I have though, so I, I may add a little bit of that. Uh, EJ, I don't have the turmeric, but I do have yeah. uh, the other things you mentioned. So just I'll, be, I'll be careful because they take, in terms of flavor, they really have a way of taking off. You don't, uh, you don't want too much cumin and. Gotcha. And and, and no big difference in, in in when it says dark red or light. No, no big difference. Uh, if you're talking you about, if you're talking. Oh, the beans. No, not not much of one. I mean, uh, you can probably tell the difference if you ate both of them side by side, but I don't think it's something that's going to ruin the, the dish one way or the other. Are you using canned okay. beans or raw canned beans? Or, canned or, or are you dried. using no, dried? It, it, it's canned. It, it's canned. Canned. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Even more so. Yeah. 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 You can't go and wrong. Some of them, the recipe calls for pouring in the with the juice, and some say drain it. Well, so it's I'm, not going to kill you that, either way, but uh, you, you can kind of survey that yourself and see what you get. There you go. All right, another. Uh, I, com- I want to comment on your. You, you were talking about pickles and and like dislike. I tell you what, I'm not a big pickle fan, but yeah. they they do make a. It's a. Uh, it's called Wickles. Wickles. And it's a it, Wickle, with a Wickle. W. Yeah. yeah, and it's found at different stores, and and it's a it's a it's a butter pickle, but yet it's it's with heat, so it's like a sweet heat. What do we know about and, peat anyway? I don't know about peat, but this heat is pretty good. The uh, <laughs> it's made with jalapenos, and it's it's so you take a bread and butter pickle basically, and it's it's mixed with the jalapeno sauce, and it's a great pickle. It really is good. So in, in the I thoughts mean, about are, what's good and what's bad, that, that's a good one. There's a, there are a lot of chefs that uh, are very proud of having very well put together pickles. Uh, one that I know right off the top of my head is Frank Brightson. He makes it himself all the time at home. It's good. Huh. You know, is it brilliant? Yeah, brilliant enough to get you through. I actually there think, well, first of all, I don't think of a chef as making pickles. They're looking for brilliant enough to get you through. I think they're looking to make a statement. Could be. But honestly, I just like regular dill pickles out of the jar. I can't think of a chef that's made one that I like better than that. Well, we have that to deal with now then. Well, good enough. I'm going to go to the website, and I'm going to add, I'm going to kind of incorporate some of what you have there since I already started this. And yeah. uh, we'll see and if how you it turns need some out. further help, let me know. It's a perfect day for chili, I have yeah. to say. It is. 
Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Good luck. See Give you. us a report. It's the Food Show. I'm Tom Fitzmorris. We'll be back with more of it in a moment after first, if you will, this. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. You are listening to the Food Show. Thank you very much for doing so, because we're here all the time, uh, every t- well, on during the weekends. And we're here three days, no, five Monday days. Monday through Friday, three Monday to five. Friday, three to five, that's we easy are enough. We're talking about food, shooting yeah. off in all directions. You know, speaking of things that you make up on the spot, I decided over the weekend, I've been doing a lot of cooking over the weekend. You did? I have. I made yeah. my sauerkraut finally. Oh, how did that come out? I picked it up from the grocery, so I'm, I, have yes. a, I have a consideration for it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I did it. The, first of all, I, I it was the perfect amount of pork. So thank you. It was uh-huh. a small pork uh, but Boston butt roast. And I stuffed it with garlic and then I put it in the oven and uh, let it cook for a while like that. And then I took the garlic was popping out of it. So it was kind of like roasted garlic. And I smushed that. Smush garlic. I yum, smushed yum. it and I put it into a, uh, a Dutch oven mm-hmm. with onion, and I started to caramelize the onion, and then I put the pork in that pot and seared it some more, and then I <clears throat> I put a lot of water in it and rinsed off the two cans of. Um, sauerkraut and then put the sauerkraut in with the pork and I've just simmered it and simmered it and simmered it and then the pork roast broke up into braised shreds of pork mixed in with the sauerkraut and it was good. That's all you need to know about that. Yeah, I mean, my mom did it really simply because everything she did when she cooked was really simple. So I just, you know, put a little pepper in it, and uh, and that was it. It was really just the two cans of sauerkraut, the roasted garlic, the pork, and uh, onions. And um, I love it. I mean, I love sauerkraut. So you know, in the in the old days before the oysters, the grilled oyster craze started up at Drago's. Uh, uh, they made a whole bunch of dishes along those lines, uh, sauerkraut and just vegetables. And it was they, Yugoslavian. Food. It was very much Yugoslavian, as they called they it. Yeah, the Yugoslavian then and now, menu. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, now we call them. Um, what is that thing that you love so much? Jibachapi or? Chibapcha. Chibachapi. Chib- uh, it's a sausage, right? It's a sausage. Chibapchapi. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Anyway. Chibapchapi. C I V I say C I C I. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I, I never Delicious. did. I never did when I was over there last year eat any of the sausages, but I I should have. So I also took a bunch of leftovers and made a steak queue over the weekend. Did were we talking about the steak queue yesterday? That was really good. I have to say that was. Oh, really you good. made some. I made it. You oh, had. Oh, okay. It. Yeah. It I was, had. Oh, is that what that, I had? Yeah. That. Oh well, that was delicious. It was good. It was really good. It yeah. was. Uh, I took all of. I took some red bell pepper that we had on the counter, and an onion, and uh, some garlic, and I took some. I kept stealing from all the leftover containers, so I took some green beans, from your, uh, fish right. amandine, leftover box, and then I took some steak from another leftover box, and. Um, and this sounds really bad, but it was really great. 
I took uh, the onions and the red pepper and the green beans and put it in some butter with some garlic and and wilted all the vegetables and then I put a lot of soy sauce in there and uh, I took a little bit of the butter that was melted and put some cornstarch in it and then took some of the jus from the steak and vegetables and then and you know whisked it together and then put it back into the pan and it was great I thought that was really good good you know a lot of that old style uh, top stave <laughs> Uh, stove top uh, cooking recipes are yeah, really good. good. I mean, a lot of them are, and, and they're com- completely forgotten. Now. I mean, I did, I, I put some red pepper flakes in too. I mean, we've eaten out enough where, you know, you kind of get an idea of how these things are done. And um, it was just like uh, really, really better even than what I expected. I did some brown rice on the side and it was just really good. Anyway, I'm going to have that that recipe in nomenu.com tomorrow. Cause oh, wonderful, because I, I thought that was a really good taste on all of those, it all of the parts really of it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I had a lot of success in the kitchen over the weekend. Ta-da! And, and I'm highly motivated to keep cooking. Mm. So uh, I love to cook. We almost never cook, and I, I started this weekend, so I guess I'm, I'm just... Uh, hunkering down for the winter as I start thinking about winter. I hate winter. Uh-oh. I didn't like summer too much because it was too hot, but I hate, I really don't like winter. Anyway, 2606368 is the number. If you would like to talk about apple pie, that's what we started talking about. Are you an apple pie with a scoop of cold vanilla ice cream on top? Are you an apple pie with a slice of cheddar cheese on top or a plain apple pie kind of person. We also mentioned pickles a little bit um, because I was reading a book about New York City food and about the pickle vendors uh, because today is the birthday of Vivian Pickles, whoever that is. Go ahead, what? (laughs) That goes back a long, long time, pickling things in New York City. Just about all the cuisines there do it at one level or another. Well, it's it's really uh, it's a book about New York City for centuries past, but it's really a book about the origins of American food. American yeah, food grew out of all of these immigrant cultures coming to the big melting pot and being frankly diluted and so that's how we have arrived at what I call fake American food but I, I <laughs> but I love I love fake American food I mean I'm just I'm talking about my uh, my sauerkraut and I mean my um, maternal grandparents were, English and German. And so I guess the sauerkraut recipe, which came from my mother, came from her parents. But it's, you know, it's definitely ethnic, but I'm sure it doesn't taste anything like it would taste in, quote, the old country, you know, Mm. where it would be much too, quote, real for me. 
but I very much enjoyed my canned sauerkraut with a pork roast and some garlic. That's definitely watered down from the old country. And that's what I mean. And this book that Arthur Schwartz wrote goes back to each immigrant population and what was happening in each of their local immigrant communities and the kinds of foods that were prepared there and how they evolved into what has become American food. And it was fascinating. I, I feel like the, the, the famous song ought to come and, you know, God bless America. Just right there as you said it. You, you <laughs> nailed it right down there. Congratulations. Uh, well, it's true. I mean, I think, and I'm, I'm really enjoying it, but I just, I've just gotten to, we, we've just talked about, um, I, I, I'm not, I've talked about it, but we've just, I've just finished the section on uh, the Jews and we're moving on because he's Jewish. So that was the first one that he covered. And he talked about a lot of his relatives and the kinds of foods that were brought from various parts of, of the quote, old country. He's from, um, Belarus and mm. Minsk, and uh, well, there's a lot of people who came from around that there. Whole Eastern mm-hmm. European Jewish kind of food. Anyway, two six zero six three six eight is the number. Your words to eat by today, Tom. Any? All... Uh, do we have any sponsors today? Oh yeah, we do. We have New Orleans hamburger and seafood. We should do that, huh? Yeah. Go ahead and do it. Okay. New Orleans uh, hamburger and seafood company kind of speaks for itself, doesn't it? It uh, it really does, and it's not a fake at all. There's nothing about it that you will say, this is missing, if only they would do it this way. I uh, said that when they first opened up, and uh, over a fairly short period of time, they had sort of redone everything that needed redoing, and uh, there it is. Uh, you get a hamburger that is made with fresh beef. It's uh, the way they cook it. It's uh, uh, crusty on the outside, juicy in the middle. Uh, all the side dishes that come with it are just the kind you'd want. And uh, it's n- always done, especially for you. It's not uh, there to wait for somebody to come along and pick it up. So uh, 10 locations around town, believe it or not, they now have r- grilled oysters at their locations of New Orleans Hamburger and Seafood Company. They also have great fried seafood. It's cooked to order. It is golden brown. It's crispy, delicious. It's greaseless. They have, uh, you can get those on a platter with a a platter or on a poor boy. You can ask for it spicelicious. Get it kicked up a few notches. They have good salads, good sandwiches, and they have local specialties that are a really good representation of our kind of cuisine here. That's New Orleans Hamburger and Seafood, 10 locations around town. Go see them. WWL, 105.3 FM, HD2. You're still on the food show, and I'm glad you are. Nice to have you with us talking about food and restaurants, cooking, wine, uh, anything that is is delicious and that uh, makes you uh, want to hang out with your best friends and family even more than you're already doing. You, you add a little food to it, and everybody loves you a little more. Doug, are there, if there are no callers uh, on the phone. If there are no callers on the phone. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, yeah. I went and got this book. Yeah, what is it? The Arthur Schwartz book about New York. Oh, and that big book? It, it, yeah. yeah. I, but there's a really interesting little aside about yeah. pickles, and I, hmm. I was fascinated by it. So since we're talking about pickles, I would like to read it. Just straight Yeah, out please of the book. do. Go right this ahead. This is from the Arthur Schwartz History of New York Food, 
it's um, it's on pickles, and it's quote Saul Kaplan was the original owner of Gus and Hollander Pickles, colloquially and incorrectly called Gus's Pickles. It used to be on Essex Street. Now it is on Orchard Street. He was born in 1911. Here he is speaking in You Must Remember This, An Oral History of Manhattan. <laughs> Quote, there was business for everybody. They did it the same way they're doing it now. You pickle them. You sell them right away, green, or if you want for the winter to age them, you put them in storage in refrigeration. Cucumbers used to come from Long Island, all the pickles. There's no Long Island no more. There's no farms. From Jersey, they used to come. Now it comes from the South, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia. When you're buying wholesale, you look for the quality. If it's a fresh pickle, that's good. It's got to be hard, nice, crisp. If it's soft or wrinkled, it means it was traveling long. Years ago, you didn't have to watch. It was all near farms, but now it's a problem. It travels six or seven days on the train. What do you know if the guy doesn't put ice on the way? After he buys them, then he throws them into a barrel, makes brine up, puts in garlic and spice, waters them, and covers them up, presses them down. That's all. The brine is made from salt and water. Then you put the spices in. Rothman used to mix their spices specially. They didn't use mixed spices like we do now. They used to buy mostly cloves. Then Nagalok, I don't know what that is, and they bought hot peppers, and they used all kinds of coriander. It takes longer, but if you want to make something good, you got to do a lot of work. That's what the people came for. Then you got to age them. You age them as much as you want. Some people like them green. Some like them a few weeks old. Some like them old, like a few months old. So you got to age it for them. Then they get brown. They get half sour, then sour, Imagine. then even more sour. And At aging pickles. I mean, just the yeah. idea of it is. Yeah, I mean, it's like I, I would like to go and see that place because it sounds like it's still there. And it's just pickles. And it's obviously a really serious uh, I guess back from the old country, you know, learning learning the trade. Yeah. And I mean, you just you don't think that that much work goes into a pickle, and I'm sure it doesn't if it's in a factory. But if you're doing this like that, that's I don't know. It makes you think a whole different way about pickles. You know. <laughs> well. <clears throat> anyway, two six zero six three six eight is the number. I'm thinking about chili now because that guy chili. called up for the chili recipe because. <clears throat> this is a perfect day for chili. It's it's getting cool enough, that's yeah. for sure. And yeah, and it's rainy and nasty, and, and you All want something things. to warm your heart. You know, you wanna, it, you want something that that warms you all the way down to the toes. I started to do your words to eat by. It is all millionaires love a baked apple. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't. There it is. What is a baked apple? You just a baked it, apple. Yeah. How do you bake an apple? You take an apple, you throw it in an oven, closed oven, <laughs> until it's baked. I'm sure there's more to it than that, don't you uh, think? I, I, it probably is, but I'll bet you if you do that, you get a, you get something that is usable. Do you coat something? I'm going to look that up and see if you have to coat it with something or put it in a no, no, no. water I've, or I've something. I've never made anything like that, but uh, I'll bet you it's not very complicated. Well, I guess if you, I guess if you dip apples, you put a stick in them, and you dip them in caramel... And then you bake them. Is that is that how you make those no. candied apples? No, no, uh, no, 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 no. You just like Tom says, you take apples, put them in a pan, put them in the oven, and you bake them. 
It makes them <laughs> soft, and it's sort of like uh, apple pie without the crust. Yeah, I was about to say, you could probably just split it open and put your scoop of ice cream in, and that would be just fine. Adulteration is what that's called. It's probably that's better. It's probably much better for you than the apple pie with all the flour and stuff in there. Anyway, words to drink by. I heard a sound as of scraping tripe. <laughs> uh, that would work for me. I like and tripe. And putting apples wondrous ripe into a cider press's gripe. That's from Robert Browning. Some of these are not as good as others, Tom, i got to say. Oh, well, that's life. You know, you just assemble it and, and uh, hope that it sticks. Anyway, 2606368. If I was making a chili right now because i don't ever do recipes no no you just make <laughs> them make up, it as, you up go. as i go along you know i don't think there's anything wrong with I that know. and that's what most that's great chefs do it was great yeah, yeah. that that yeah. chinese dish was absolutely i i would put that up against anything i've had and you were raving about it I mean, it, was, it was it was delicious it was really great but I mean, you know, like I say, if you if you watch enough stuff and you read enough stuff, and Lord knows we've been around this for as long as we have, you ought to be able to just you know sort of wing it. So if I did a chili recipe right now, I would start off with the Trinity and some green bell peppers for sure, and uh, and and render those off and throw in a can of tomatoes and. Would you do brisket slices or would yeah, you do... Yeah, brisket, I, I, I like do brisket. Do you like the chunky stuff or do you like the ground I don't beef? like it ground. I like it cut about maybe uh, three quarters of an inch thick. I like and, chunky too. And and uh, not uh, that's that's about the perfect uh, a, a temperature. A chili recipe to me ought to be um, chunky like chunks of brisket yeah that's uh, now smoked or not smoked that uh, concoction you made yesterday was i thought very good because you had nice sized chunks of steak in there right and uh, behind it were these kind of spicy vegetables you know some peppers and yeah. uh, and uh, it all came together just the way you want yeah well but but i would that's that's not how i would make the chili i mean i did that with a lot of soy sauce and made it an asian flavor but really i think what i got most out of that was just like this really rich spice it was a it was like the perfect amount of spice i think the red chili flakes but yeah it worked but if i if i had some um i don't know brisket comes to mind but i feel like i would have to i would have to do a smoked brisket like you could go get brisket from Rouse's that's already smoked, and I would I would put that in there, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, uh, just my my uh, feeling of responsibility because I have the big green egg, and it's just set up for doing things like that. I would do it in the I would smoke it in the big green egg, and then I'd come back and and just eat it the other way. But I like it just boiled too, uh, uh, a boiled brisket. It was the uh, the dish that made everybody rise up about uh, 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 oh gosh the place in the French market uh, that everybody's yelling about because they're moving uh, down the street. Oh yeah, two jacks. Two jacks. Two jacks. was famous for its brisket, and they still have it, and it's it is very good. And that's how they do it. They, it comes out yeah, but really that's tender. Not smoked. That's boiled. No, brisket. no, that's it's not smoked. No, that's yeah. true. 
No, I'm talking about a smoked brisket. If I yeah. had, if I started to do a chili, I would. I mean, there's things that are obviously in everything. I don't know that I would put cinnamon in it. I don't no. know. To no. me, to, well, you had cinnamon in your chili recipe there. Oh, my chili recipe. Oh, that's that's it's a that's a different story. Yeah. yeah. I don't, why do you think cinnamon goes in a chili recipe? I I think uh, cinnamon is an underrated uh, red meat uh, ingredient. I think it is if you live in the Middle East. Are you oh, are you partial think. to Middle Eastern no, food? No, no, but, no. But but generally speaking, I don't think cinnamon belongs in a beef dish. You know, I had. How about um, chocolate? Well, no, but you're you got your chocolate mole thing going, and I don't I don't get that at all. I no, like this chocolate. is just this is just straight <laughs> off of uh, right off the right off, just a chunk of uh, chocolate. Throw it in there. You know where I got that idea? John Besh. Yeah. He was yeah, he was doing a cooking demo and he said, Okay, it looks a little soft and then he threw in a chunk of uh chocolate and it changed it and I took a taste of it and I thought, Whoa, this is the idea of the century. It was terrific. So I like I like my chocolate medium with, rare. With nuts yeah. and a glass of milk and that's good. That's that's all it needs to be for me. I've gotten really into um, taking every nut I can possibly think of along with every seed that I can possibly think of. And oats would go in this too. And if you toast all of those things together and then you melt chocolate and pour it and then mix it all together and then spread it out on parchment paper, it's a really great bark. Yeah, I would imagine it and would be. And a really healthy omega-3 rich bark. Yeah, it's, it seems like it's making a big comeback. What, bark, chocolate, no. or omega-3? Oh, no, oh, I'm sorry. I was uh, I was kind of still hanging on the uh, chocolate. Chocolate and chili? No, the, uh, the uh, brisket aspect. Oh, you're back at brisket still? Yeah, I, I was. We're moving on fast. Huh? Yeah, I know, I know. Run it's behind us. Run behind us. 260-6368 is the number. I could I could also go for some chocolate over some ice cream too. Mm. Remember chocolate Sundays? I sure do. Do you know why they were called that? No. The guy who invented them did so because he was getting a lot of flack from his customers uh, who didn't like him operating his uh, his night uh, uh, little. Uh, What's, what, what, no, it was a, a place where you'd go and get some ice cream and uh, some uh, uh, chocolate. Ice cream and, parlor? Yeah, ice cream parlor, right. Okay, yeah. didn't like him operating his ice cream parlor? Why? Yeah, uh, oh, well, you know, just something that got got going to people in the neighborhood. I don't know, who knows. So he said, okay, well, I won't serve it on uh, Saturday, uh, on Sunday anymore. And he put a sign on it that said, this is a Sunday. <laughs> that's true. It sounds like a nutty idea, but that's... Wait, he said he a, won't serve ice cream yeah. on Sundays anymore, so he just made an ice cream sundae and spelled it different? No, he didn't. Uh, he just kind of let it do that, and then people started screaming at him about that. Hey, what, bring back the ice cream, uh, and, and uh, including the people who wanted to get it. It was uh, an interesting uh, uh, when was that? story. I don't know, uh, going back a ways. Look it up. S U N D A E is oh, how it, the origin of the chocolate. The sundae. origin of the chocolate sundae. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll look it up. The origin of the chocolate sundae. Yep. Yep. This yep. Is, yep. This is what Doug usually does while we're blathering on. 
Oh, blather. Blather We're is... We're very good at blathering. Well, you know, it's, it's the nature of the program. Yeah. Unfortunately, okay, so the origin of the chocolate sundae, or the origin of the sundae. Uh-huh. All right, here we go. Oh, you found something? Yeah. Oh, uh, let's hear it. Okay. Actually, it's not... It's not... As interesting as... No, no, it's... it's, uh, it's well, it's funny because it says, uh, I went to Wikipedia for Sunday, and it came up as like, okay, now here we go. All right, so the Sunday typically consists of one or more scoops of ice cream topped with sauce or syrup, and in some cases, after toppings, other toppings. Yes, hopefully not cool with. Anyway, according to Oxford English Dictionary, uh, the term Sunday is obscure, the spelling of D-A-E instead of day is widely accepted. So, among the many stories about the invention of the Sunday, a frequent theme is that the ice cream Sunday was a variation of the popular ice cream soda. According to documentation published by Evanston Public Library, the drinking of soda was outlawed on Sundays in Illinois. What did I tell you? Because they were considered too frilly. Other origin stories for the Sunday focus on the novelty or inventiveness of the treat or the name the originator and make no mention of legal pressures. Okay. Ice cream Sunday soon became the weekend semi-official soda fountain confection in the beginning of the 1900s and quickly gained popularity. There we are. Here we got another okay. origin story for you, too. It okay. says this happens in New York, as a matter of fact. In 1881, George Hallower asked Edward C. Burner, the owner of a, uh, a soda fountain, at 1404 15th Street, is the exact place there, for to top a dish of ice cream with chocolate sauce, hitherto used only, used only for ice cream sodas. Now, that concoction cost a nickel. That was a lot in those days, and uh, soon it became very popular, but only, but only sold on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Well, Spelled we got D-A-E. that clear. And again, goes back to New York, as most things do. Yeah, and the only thing missing from the uh, ingredient list there is uh, to have some tang oh. uh, involved, <laughs> and there you, then you got it. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't know that there is a better ice cream drizzle on anything than on Chef Duke's ice cream poor boy, or po' boy is what he calls it. The ice cream sandwich that New Orleans Ice Cream Company makes cannot be beat. And he hard, hard freezes it, and then he puts the whipped cream on top and the chocolate sauce on top of that. And that is just killer. Absolutely killer. 260-6368 is the number. Yeah, we, we still have time. We have a busy, wild busy show going the whole all over day. the place all as day usual. Long. How do we start out with something like apple pie and end up with pickles? Well, because, <laughs> because we, use Good the, question. we use the yellow brick road of the almanac, which does go all over the place and has so many, many different mm. kinds of things. But today the almanac was a little bit, I'm sorry, Tom, boring. It was... <laughs> It was pretty much focused on apples, and as a person who's really not all that interested in apples, I, it fell a little short for me today. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going. <laughs> oh, Stephen must have his list. 
Yep, I fell asleep. Oh, and my so goodness, I want to remind Stephen. you that Chef Duke opens for lunch tomorrow. Oh, I thought it was the 25th. No, it's they said Tuesday. Ah, okay. Well, good. Good. Okay. I was just talking about his uh, ice cream sandwich. Yeah, well, I think it's great. It's the best one on the market. Yeah, it is. It is. Yep. All right, so what's on your list? That's it. I mean, I mean, I know I'm in the last minute. I just woke up from taking a nap, so I thought I'd better <laughs> call it about Duke. So we've gone from you sitting in the 90-degree temperatures in your car yeah. because you had to listen to the show to falling asleep. Yep. How far yep. we've fallen. We slept all through the show until the last minute. <laughs> You sound like you might be sick, Stephen. Are you sick? No, no, no. I, I did some uh, did some put some siding on a building today, so I was okay. maybe a little tired. So I took uh, a nap. Okay. So, okay. Right. Talk to you tomorrow. All right. Bye. Sounds like he's gonna roll over and go right back to sleep. Maybe he should. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, especially this kind of weather. No matter what reason. It's the kind of weather that you sit around yeah. with a cup of tea. Uh-huh, or tang. And, or hot tang. Uh, no, 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 you wouldn't have tang <laughs> hot. I, I, You know, I there's a part of me that wants to try tang again, but I just don't mm. know if I can bring myself to that. Does anyone actually have it at, on their shelf at home? I'm sure they do. No, uh, I, I find that hard to believe. I'll bring one no back next week. No listener to the food show would have tang on their pantry shelf. Well, just to I make an, a demonstration that. of what really good drinks are and what really bad drinks are, or something like that. I can't, I can't imagine that. I have been drinking, and I'm going to go have a little cup of it after I. You've been drinking with the show. No, I've not been drinking. Well, that, that's what you just drinking. said. I said I, uh, I, I stopped for a second to say what I have been drinking, and then you jumped oh. into drinking, as in to imply, to impugn my character. I don't know. I think. Uh, <laughs> I know you've been saying for thirty years a little drinking would do me good. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, I do drink more than my share of tea. And the last time I was at my beloved Fortnum and Mason, I brought back a bunch of blue bags. They're little signature blue bags that look like they came from India, of tea. They've got walls and walls of it there, and I got some Moroccan mint tea. Mm. And I've been I've been brewing that, so I'm gonna go have a little cup of Moroccan mint tea when I'm done. Uh, why not? And that's, you, know, you and uh, you and that's probably what I'll have for dinner: yeah. some Moroccan mint tea. Yeah. You know, it's got a really good tea. Tell uh, us. And I used to do this when I would just go and sit with you when you would eat a big meal at Zia and I wouldn't feel like eating. I would just, and it would usually be in weather like this. So it was kind of nasty and cold and rainy. Um, I would have the lavender tea at mm. Zia. They have a really nice lavender tea. It might be that tea fort, you know, the little triangular um, boxes that the tea bags come in. That may be huh. where I found it, but but that's really good stuff, too. I do like lavender tea. Lavender tea and mint tea, both good. I use uh, lavender stuff to wash my hands. Yeah. Well, you can lavender is good for all kinds of stuff. You can use yeah. it for cleaning. There's a winery that is has a New Orleans connection that's too long to uh, bring down. Wait, it's not Flambeau, is it? Uh, I no. I don't think so. Wait, uh, is it um it does it begin with an H? 
Mm, that doesn't ring a bell to me. But we I think s- it is. I think that is it, Tom. Well, uh, maybe. I want to say hell, but it's not hell. But there was, <laughs> there were, uh, uh, there, they. Um, the current one that's the, the reigning favorite New Orleans Connection winery is Flambeau. We had them on a Flambeau. couple of months ago. It rings a bell. And their wine is that's, really, that's really it. super high-end, classy the, stuff. The one I'm remembering, uh, the, in addition to growing all their wine grapes, they Helm, also... Helm. I don't think so. H-E something. Uh, but uh, what uh, they also did, in addition to making wine, was that they would raise lavender. Yes. Which is... This is definitely the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. It Could begins be. with an H. It's H-E something. I'm going to look it up. Maybe we'll have it tomorrow. Or maybe oh, Mike knows. Yeah. Maybe Mike knows what it is. Yeah. Mike, Mike can help us with all that kind of stuff. Mike That's would. It. Mike would know the answer to that. That is it. We are done with the show. We've come to the end of our program. It's singing time for you almost. It's almost singing time. We're doing have Christmas dinner, things. Have a great everyone. Yep, and we'll talk to we'll you again tomorrow, tomorrow with more of the food show. Have, a good, be brec- well. have a good breakfast and lunch so you'll have a lot to talk about. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.